Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, this is Kaylee Humphrey, two-time Olympic champion in bobsleigh. Hey, this is Jonathan Simpkin. I am the president of 604 Records. Hey, I'm Sam Roberts. Hi, I am Julia Budd, Bellator 145-pound, three-time world champion. Hi, this is Tom Isadora, and I'm a sex and relationship guru. Hey, what's up? This is John Humphrey, drummer for the rock band Seether. Hey, I'm Kristen Renton. Hey, this is Troy Lacanna from Tesla. Hi, it's Captain Kirk McLean here, and you're listening to the Toddcast. Podcast. When you think back to being a kid, what's something that immediately comes to mind? For me, there's a few things. Comic books, D&D, staying out till the lights come on, then it, of course it was time for dinner. I remember waiting for Rolling Stone magazine to come in the mail. Super excited about that. The 12-foot walls of snow living in Kitimat, northern British Columbia. And wrestling. Wrestling was a big part of growing up. It was doing it, wrestling usually getting my ass handed to me from my older brother, Steve. But more than anything, it was about watching it. Stampede Wrestling, the WWF, of course now is the WWE. So it's pretty cool to have one of the Highlanders, who you'll know from the WWE Raw, Robbie McAllister. Derek Graham Couch is a guest this week. Uh, My careers have always been something I get into, I really like doing, but over time it wears you down. But you know, I, I still wrestle here and there, which is great. Um, I would like to do it a little more. I want to uh, reach out to England and maybe get over there for a few months. Joining Robbie McAllister on this week's podcast is September 2021 Penthouse Pet of the Month, Carolina White, who said she never expected to become a pet. No. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> and how did it happen? Um, um, It was kind of something that had been pending and like in the works for a while. Gotta say, we have a pretty good week planned for you. A retired WWE tag team wrestler, last month's penthouse pet, what more do you want? Which, of course, brings us to our first guest of three, our musical guest, Enough's Enough frontman Chips Enough, brought to you by Pineapple Sound, a recording and mixing studio in Langley since 2013. Bands and artists, podcast, voiceover actors, and more. Good people over at pineapplesound.com. Now, Enough's Enough formed back in 1984, which is crazy if you think about it. That's almost 40 years ago. They're from Blue Island, Illinois, 16 studio albums. You've seen them on MTV, Stern, Letterman. You would hear them at house parties up in northern British Columbia. It wouldn't take very long for Fly High Michelle to come on after maybe a Cinderella or a Slaughter song. And they've been doing it pretty much continually, recording, touring throughout their career. I mean, when they released their album Strength in 1991, a review in Rolling Stone magazine said that it was the hot band of the year. But that album didn't sell as well as their first, their self-titled. It's not long until the band files for bankruptcy after releasing that album, leaving Atco Records, getting picked up by Clive Davis over at Arista Records. They released the Animals with Human Intelligence album. It's a bit of a disappointment commercially. Enough's Enough then leaves Arista. Lead singer and songwriter Donnie V stopped touring with the band back in 2002. He went solo. Johnny Monaco sang, and you can hear Donnie on songs after he stopped touring, writing with the boys, going into the recording studio. They've gone through tragedy as well. Former lead guitarist Derek Frigo died of an apparent overdose back in 2002. He was just 36 years old. Drummer Ricky Parent lost his longtime battle with cancer back in 2007, and they continued picking up as you know that they would want them to. Present day, Chips Enough fronts the band, bass player, singer, who of course has tons of stories to share as a co-founder of the band, an original member of Enough's Enough. When we put when you put the band together back in uh, the early 80s, I think it was 80, late 83, early 84. Yeah. A common denominator was let's make great records and, and make this last for a long time. And we looked to our all our heroes that were out there. There'd be so many great bands though to pick from that we love. And so we went out, we started making records, started recording in our, in our little apartment, making uh, small little cassette tapes and CDs. 
uh, just for ourselves mostly and see what tripped our trigger. And then, of course, when we got enough material together and we had some confidence, we found some people out there that were interested in what we were doing. Most notably, uh, Doc McGee, our manager at the time, was at Bob Brigham. And right. he was working over at a studio called uh, Royal Recorders in Lake Geneva. It was a great little place to go to. It's where all the Monsters of Rock happened back then in the late 80s. And uh, Doc came in and heard our stuff and told me, uh, he says, Chip, after three days there, he goes, I got three cassette tapes in my car. Two of them are enough's enough. I was I was pleasantly surprised and flattered because I knew Doc. Well, at the time, wasn't he doing play. like, he was doing like Motley Crue and he was doing Bon Jovi and Skid Row and like he Orbeans. was doing a lot of shit, right? And he was out in Lake Geneva to check on the Skid Row guys that were recording their first album. And uh, so he said he had a friend of his that was interested in, uh, in signing bands. He signed uh, two bands that he'd mentioned were uh, Bon Jovi and Cinderella. And we said, oh, it's great. And then we didn't think anything of it except that, well, it's another opportunity. We know we're going to reach somebody sooner or later. And lo and behold, a couple weeks later, uh, Derek Shulman came out to see us, who was the president of uh, Polygram or Atco Records, I should say. He, was, he used to be a Polygram. Yeah. And Adco Atlantic gave him his own imprint, came out and seen us. He just got done signing Pantera and ACDC and Bad Company. And he loved the band and gave us a deal. We had a really good talk with Chip. He's a great guy. You're going to love the story that he shared about meeting Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones. Keith Richards? Nice. Maybe. I went to go see McCartney one time, but he got too tired at the end of the show. I was hanging backstage with... Uh, there's a couple of uh, musicians, and uh, I can't think of the name of the bands right now. I got a brain cramp, but Chevy Chase was there for sure. Oh, and cool. the guys in Stray Cats were there along with uh, a couple other uh, most notable people. And uh, Paul's road manager came out and he says, Hey, Paul's real tired, but he says, Thanks for coming out. See you guys next time. But I just happened to meet Keith at Soldier Field, I think it was 2006, 2007. Okay. And he came, I was backstage. A friend of mine got me into the show. He used to work with the band. He was a uh, he, a sound, he, actually not a sound by it, but a monitor guy who worked for the band, but he was doing sound. And he snuck me in there. I thought it was really nice. Now we were going to go right through the backstage area, right out to the venue in front of the house and watch the show. Big Stones fan, have been for years. My dad turned me on when I was a little kid. And Keith happened to come walking up and somebody introduced us to, uh, to each other. And I thought it was nice because I, uh, the, the, it was a girl who does all their makeup and hair and stuff. And she said, oh, this is Chip from Enough Snuff. I said, Keith, big fan. I go, I, I owe you a lot where our bands, are, you know, we, so we have the character and the style and the disposition of it, of Rolling Stones, but we have the sound of cheap trick. And he looked at me and he goes, don't blame me. So I thought, ah, maybe that was the wrong thing to say right there. I don't know. But I love his playing and I, I love the way he writes songs. And uh, I just thought he was a real charming cat. You know, when you, he doesn't have time to talk to anybody you would think, but those guys are just like everyday cats. They meet, they meet other musicians and they're very inspiring. So. Uh, there's other artists too that I've gotten a chance to hang out with, uh, but uh, those are the two biggest ones that I've been around. And one I got a chance to meet, and the other one uh, he eluded me. But I, it's, it's not over yet. It's not done yet, might, man. Yeah. One day and, we might cross paths, uh, and I would like that because if it wasn't McCartney, I probably wouldn't have a job right now because he invented the singer bass guitar. I think. You know, I think it was about a 45-minute conversation with Chip from Enough's Enough. You can hear it, you can see it now at our iTunes and Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube accounts, all at Toddcast Podcast, of course. Here he talks about being a fan of boxing and that proposed Tyson-Paul match. I've been watching a lot of the boxing, too, lately, to be honest. Yeah, same. Which is uh, something that's always tripped my trigger. And I just seen that somebody told me the other day that Tyson's going to be fighting again at 55 years old. And I thought that's kind of interesting to get in the ring at that age. You know, it's, uh, it's gotta be tough. Well, who's he fighting though? He's fighting that, that YouTube star. Fucking Jake Paul. Like he's going to yeah. destroy that guy. Well, Jake Paul, 29 year old guys, he's, he's, he's full of piss and vinegar. He's in pretty good shape. Dude, have you seen game? some of the shit that Mike Tyson has been posting on social media? I don't give a fuck uh-huh. how tough you are. It's Mike Tyson. Give me a break. He's one of the toughest guys of all time. Period. Yeah, I'm not going to get in the ring with Tyson, that's for sure. And I have nothing but respect for him. I'm a big fan of his, as a matter of fact. Uh, but it's a tough gig, you know. I don't care what age you are to get in the ring with Mike Tyson. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a challenge for him, too, no matter what. But that could that fight depends if they're going to have rules and regulations and handcuffs on those guys. If they just let them go out and fight and there's no uh, mandates or restrictions, that could be a short run. Oh, yeah. 
lot of, a lot of gamblers out there uh, betting on that fight. That's for sure. Oh, big time. <laughs> that, might, that might be easier money than Bitcoin. I mean, I don't know. Personally, if this actually goes down, Tyson dummies Jake Paul. Like, not even close. No. No, you do not go into the ring with Mike Tyson hungry and wanting to get you. No. We talked to Chip about binge-watching Shameless, how the Beatles, Cheap Trick, Aerosmith all had early influences in his life. He talked about writing an autobiography that is happening, and he said he'd like to make it into a movie. Who wouldn't want that, right? I think that he even actually said that in the interview. We talked about how he tried out for the White Sox. He's a pitcher. Had a couple good pitches, but I guess his... He just wasn't fast enough. And it was cool to hear him talk about his relationship with former GNR, Guns N' Roses drummer, Steven Adler. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's still, I'm here in Blue Island right now. He lived here for about a month with me when no he had way. to get out when he was getting clean, getting sober, and he came out here because he knew he'd be safe at my house. Yeah. But, which that, that experiment didn't work as well as we thought it would. But <laughs> I worked with not. him. Uh, in Studio City, we lived together. I played with Adler's Appetite for about eight years. Uh, you know, He's still a brother of mine beyond belief. And he only goes out for the weekends right now. He's not interested in going out and doing long tours or anything because he loves his doggies and he likes to be home Yeah, and he watches cartoons. He's happy with that. He goes out for the weekends, does the weekend warrior thing with his great band, and then he comes back home. But uh, he's on one of the tracks on my solo record, as a matter of fact. He, he plays drums on a, a nice. song called Honolulu Boogie, which uh, is fantastic. I probably have about two albums of the material with Adler playing drums on it because when he was living over here, he would just come in and, in the room and just play beats. I go, Hey bro, check the drums for me. Would you please? And my engineer would just record all this stuff. And I got just thousands of beats of him kicking ass. You know, here's a guy that grew up listening to queen and Frankie Valley in the four seasons. He's really he's got a great swing and a wonderful timber. So I, totally. the rest of my career, I have enough material. I can, I can keep putting out out records with Adler and me and, and it, it'll be fantastic because uh, nobody swings like he does. He's still a great drummer to this day. Yeah, dude, not at all. Like, I mean, I'm a drummer and, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a hack in comparison to you guys, but uh, yeah, man, Steven Adler is like one of the fucking best man, yeah, hands down. Like appetite is like one of the best albums drum wise. Yeah. Ever, man. Ever. Yeah. When they did that record, uh, there was no click track or anything. Just went in there to band. It was one, two, three, four, and laid down those songs. That's what he told me. He said they never used the click on any of that stuff. It was, there was no metronome. It's just, uh, he was the metronome. He was and it. When they, when they finished doing the tracks, then at the last, the last one that played on the record was actually came at the last minute and singing all the songs. So I thought that was interesting the way you did that record. Musical guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Pineapple Sound, providing recording and mixing services for a wide range of artists and genres since 2013. Check them out at pineapplesound.com. Got the feeling that you're lying to me 
in Vancouver tomorrow night you have a chance to see these guys November 10th and I say that because who knows when you're listening to this podcast I've had people say to me you know what I went to such and such venue and such and such band was not playing like no kidding so now I need to preface it with the actual date boom booms their song was masterpiece the Hollywood theater in Vancouver tomorrow night so good to see the boys back doing shows again with some sort of regularity. You might remember they called it a day on their Facebook page. I guess it was probably like maybe three, four years back now, but they've done some shows in the last little while. And I'm not sure if that means that there's hope for some new music, but regardless, I'll take the shows any day. All right. Coming up in just a few minutes in listen to this Tesla drummer, Troy Lucetta talking about the first time that he heard Led Zeppelin and the power of the drumming of John Bonham. Do you remember the first time that you heard Led Zeppelin? I think I do. Or certainly I have a vivid memory from driving around in my mom's 67 Mustang and Fool in the Rain came on the stereo. I think we were like driving, certainly in Surrey, probably like Guilford Mall or something like that. You can't beat the mighty Zeppelin. At any rate, listen to this is powered by our friends, our good friends, at Tedco RV Supplies in Langley. RV service and repair, ICBC accredited. You can find them on Facebook and on Twitter at Tedco RV Supplies. All right, first, let's get to the second of three Toddcast guests this week, our sporting guest, retired WWE wrestler Robbie McAllister of the Highlanders. Of course, you'll remember Scottish cousins Robbie and Rory McAllister from wrestling on WWE Raw. Their time together goes back to the early 2000s. They debuted in 2001 in Ontario's indie wrestling scene. Although it wasn't very long before you saw them move on to doing dark matches for the WWE. That was in 2003. Now, by 2005, only a couple years later, the Highlanders had signed a development deal with the WWE. And by July 2006, we're talking like a year and a half later, they made their debut on WWE Raw with a victory over Matt Stryker, and Rob Conway. They ripped through a few more tag team matches, and by September 2006, they were trying to win the tag team championship at Unforgiven. That didn't happen, but now they're an integral part of the storyline in WWE. Fast forward a bit to 2007, and the Highlanders turned heel. They became the bad guys. Their last televised match was in August 2008 where they lost to crime time. The full talk with retired WWE wrestler Robbie McAllister of the Highlanders is pretty close to about a half hour long, I think. You can check it out now. It's on all of our social media platforms, all, of course, at Toddcast Podcast. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. I would say the worst I ever was hurt was probably in my second match. Um, I just... I, I got up off the canvas, and the guy was picking me up, and all of a sudden my my knee just kind of popped and I thought that was right at the beginning of my career and I thought I was done but I just kind of worked through it the whole time and I had a bad knee through well it wasn't that bad but I made sure I I I did my best with it and kept protected and I had it my whole career with a bad knee wow really oh yeah the whole the whole career and I want to say maybe two and a half years into WWE I I might have tweaked it, and it was it was bothering me for a bit. But being in a tag team, you can you can get by those things. You know, as a podcaster, you never know, or at least I don't. 
I never really know where the interviews are going to be coming from. Sure, I put out some feelers and talk to publicists and labels and people I know, my network, send out emails and texts and DMs and all that. But the way that we got Robbie McAllister of the WWE on the podcast is the best. It turns out that he's brothers with Chris Calhoun who, of course, we've known for a long time. He used to do radio here in Vancouver. We've had him on the podcast. He's now an actor down in LA. Uh, But yeah, the radio times back in Vancouver, I mean, we did radio battle. And after Chris was a guest, he goes, he texts me and he goes, you know that my brother used to wrestle in the WWE. I bet you he'd, he'd want to be a guest. I was like, what? So we got into it with Derek, Robbie, uh, impressed that he quit drinking during COVID. If anything, I would say I ran in the other direction for the better part of the last couple of years. He talked about gambling, playing poker, flipping houses. And you know, I love finding out about this sort of stuff. What was his first concert? Uh, My first concert was uh, my 12th birthday and it was Iron Maiden, Summer (laughs) in Time Tour. Yes. (laughs) Dude, those guys are still pumping it out, man. They've got a fucking double album. They have a double album out. I can't believe they still they still rock and roll to do it. And I'm so disappointed because my sister was taking me to Megadeth tomorrow night and she got a message saying the concert's canceled or Oh what. no. Yeah, so I was really disappointed because I've been I kinda hit the wall with my with my career and kinda off on a little bit of a mental break and I really needed a concert. I really, yeah, do. man. I just, Something you know, about a concert. So yeah, it's been so long, you know. And and you know, I got double vaccinated just for a concert. I mean, yeah, that just sucks. I think that everybody has a story about missing something due to the pandemic or even worse. It's a drag, but of course we're going to get through this. Really cool to talk to Derek, Robbie McAllister, uh, being a longtime wrestling fan, especially crazy into it back in like grade five, six, seven, eight, nine. He told a story about wrestling on the same card as John Cena over in South Africa. Talked about rock, that he's a big fan of Maiden and Sabbath and Pantera. Of course, I got into his wrestling. Wrestling favorites, The Undertaker, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Robbie talked about having an idea for a TV show that he's going to be pitching. I do have, uh, I do have an idea that I want to do um, my road trip with Robbie. I did the stuff on Facebook with these little one-minute clips, but uh, I would actually like to film maybe 13 episodes and maybe pitch it to some television stations. It'd be educational, but it'd be my character Robbie and learning nice. educational things like um just say for instance i go to signal hill in newfoundland that would could be the first episode because that's the very first part of canada and explain how they you know brought the had the very first transatlantic um telegraph and stuff like that and and yeah, just yeah. explain it and explain enough where um it'll be fun enough where people would actually get in and learn more about it and then, then maybe, you know, one day at Alexander Graham Bell's house in Brantford or, you know, you know what I mean? Just something cool, Canadian. And uh, I know I'm supposed to be Scottish, but Scottish <laughs> Canadians, it's it all ties together. Red Truck Beer, delivered fresh, the official beer of the Toddcast podcast.
Podcast Podcast is powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world online at milanocoffee.ca. And now, listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast. Did you know that Tesla was originally called City Kid? They formed 40 years ago, 1981, in Sacramento, California. Drummer Troy Lucchetta joined the band in 1984, and in 1986, they officially changed the name to Tesla. Without a doubt, they are one of the most influential 80s hard rock bands. Their albums, Mechanical Resonance, The Great Radio Controversy, and Psychotic Supper are in the top echelon of the genre, along with Motley Crue, The Scorpions, Maiden, Skid Row. Tesla took a break in 1996. They were back at it in 2000. And when their drummer Troy was a guest, we talked about his first concert. He shared his thoughts on legalized marijuana, shared a near-death experience story as well. We talked about superpowers, practical jokes played while on tour, the shows that he was binge-watching at the time, the music that was in his house as a kid growing up, and Troy talked about the first time that he heard John Bonham drumming with Led Zeppelin. Listen to this. I was 17 years old, and, uh, you know, I mean, the thing that was so cool about the era that we grew up with was, you know, I got John, Deep Purple, you know, Ian Pace. I mean, big, huge, huge Ian Pace fan. Mm -hmm. So growing up with, I mean, those drummers were amazing because, I mean, we look back, and who would have ever thought to this day that, you know, they're the greatest rock drummers in history of rock and roll. Mm. And very first song I remember playing, because I had a band I played with called Whisper, and then I went on to, uh, I, and I think it was in that band that I, I was probably 17-ish. Uh, I remember playing um, Good Times, Bad Times, and, um, uh, you know, the whole foot thing. Mm-hmm. At the time, I had purchased my... my um, I had a double bass Ludwig acrylic red set of drums, and there was a guy named Leonard Hayes that played in the band Y&T, which was yesterday and today before it was Y&T, mm-hmm. and uh, their first album, I was very young when that came out, and after seeing him, I got rid of the second bass drum, I went to one bass drum, and I realized I was much more comfortable on a single bass than I was a double bass, and just fit my style. So... And then, you know, starting to play some of the, the Zeppelin stuff, um, that, that was uh, that was very, very early on, you know, and those would have been, you know, my heavy introduction to Heavy Foot, you know. Listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC-approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com.
never been my style I don't just get involved with others, no You know, I've been hearing that one with some sort of regularity on Evolution 107.9 here in Vancouver as I'm one of the instructors for the Radio Arts and Entertainment course at BCIT and thankfully I'm able to add some of the local flavor here in Vancouver. The band is Spendo. The song is Fighter. It's a new song for those guys. I believe it was produced locally by Danny Craig, who is the drummer for Default. He's been doing some great things, man. Carving out a a nice little home in the production studio, crushing it along the way. Nice work by both camps. I'm really digging the feel, digging the vibe of the new Spendo. And you heard the lone non-Vancouver band of this week's podcast prior to Spendo. These guys are from Edmonton, Alberta, Nicholas Rage. And their new song is called Poison Ivy. It's a new song for them, a new song for the podcast, a first spin on the podcast. They have a pretty neat playthrough video up on their YouTube channel. You can also link through it at their Facebook page as well. Anyway, cool band. I dig them and we've played their music on the podcast for years. Pre-COVID, we were talking, in fact, with the boys about coming down to play a podcast show at the railway in downtown Vancouver. Of course, now that's all on hold, but great to see and hear that Nicholas Rage is continuing to soldier on. Speaking of live music, if you're seeing a show, if you're playing a show, If it's indie, let us know about it. Contact info at the website. We'll get it up at the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. Of course, COVID has put a cramp on bringing back podcast shows. We did them for almost, what, six years between the Roxy and the Railway. I've approached both since, you know, the opening up segment of the PHO, the public health order for venues. But we'll see how that goes. To be honest, it's not a huge rush on our end as much as we'd love to get it going again. The podcast indie scene is brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios. 40 plus years experience in the music industry, full on pro jam spaces if you're looking. More info at mysticrhythms.ca. Okay, our final guest of episode 259, September 2021, the winners and sinners issue, Penthouse Pet of the Month, Carolina White. This week's entertainment guest, brought to you by Sacred Meds, the best craft cannabis psilocybin dispensary in Canada. We're talking hash, oils, CBD, edibles, bath bombs, and so much more. When you're there at sacredmeds.com, Use the code TODDCAST, you'll get 10% off your entire order. Carolina White has been modeling since her teens, and it wasn't until recently that she thought, sure, I'll gear down, I'll take off my clothes, why not? And sure, why not? Well, I started uh, modeling when I was 15, so I've been more in the mainstream like fashion side of modeling for a long time. Um, So growing up, in the nineties, I'm trying not to give away my age here. Growing up in the (laughs) nineties, obviously looked up to like classic nineties supermodels, like Cindy Crawford and, and, you know, um, people like that. But, you know, it wasn't until about three years ago when I kind of decided to try other things and kind of explore this, this world and this side of the industry. Yeah. So yeah, I'm happy that I'm able to do both because why not? If you read Carolina's write-up in Pentos as Pet of the Month, there's always that Q&A with the models, she considers herself a jack-of-all-trades. So check this out. She's managed a med spa, worked as a veterinary surgical tech. She's a licensed phlebotomist, just like Buckcherry singer Josh Todd. Remember, he told a story about that when he was on just a few months back. Carolina's more than just a model, though. She's a model who's big into Marvel Comics. I think anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge Marvel fan. Oh, you are? 
Oh God. Yes. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's like, I think that anybody that actually like knows me, even as this character, like knows that I'm obsessed with like Captain America and like just the Avengers in general. So yeah, that's, um, after Endgame though, I haven't really followed the storyline. I haven't really gotten into the whole, like, um, Disney plus Falcon and Winter Soldier, Black Widow. Like I haven't really ventured well, it's just into that. too many to keep up. I mean, even uh, me as a comic book spaz, like when I was a yeah. little kid, that's, I just monopolized my time and there's just yeah. too much to keep up now. It really is. They're, they're, I think they're trying to, you know, well, they're doing the same to- thing. They're striking while the iron's hot, right? Like, yeah, no, totally. I get that. But for me after Endgame, Avengers Endgame, I was just like, that was, th- there's nothing more you can add to that or do to that. That's going to make that they wrap it up in a perfect little bow yeah. and like sent it on their way. And I, I thought it was beautifully done and it was perfect. So from there, I was kind of like, I'm satisfied. I don't really need to, um, I don't need anything else. And then they killed Chris Evans. So I'm just like, or yeah. they kill him, but I yeah, just, yeah. I'm like, now I'm done. I mean, she's not wrong. You can hear, you can see the full talk with September 2021's Penthouse Pet of the Month, Carolina White, at all of our social media platforms, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. We chuck it around a ton on Twitter and Facebook. And as we always do, we went deep with Carolina, taking her way beyond what she's known for. We found out the shows that she was binge watching, that she wrote erotic fiction in her teens, that Blink-182 was her first concert. The last place that she vacationed. How OnlyFans is making girls, women, internet famous and a shitload of money. She talks about Vegas, COVID, living in the Carolinas. And Carolina talked about being a fan of The Walking Dead. And then something happened that you would never expect to happen. I used to be a really big fan of the show, The Walking Dead. Yes. Um. And they film it in my hometown. Little fun fact. Where no. I'm from, Georgia. Yeah, they really? film it there. Yeah. So there was a particular actor on the show who I was completely infatuated with. Um, and I ended up meeting him at a convention in Houston. And he ended up getting my phone number. And long story short, we had a little fling. Oh. Nice. And it was great. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> so, um, Yeah. Wow. That was fun. That's one of my best stories. And I gave <laughs> you a super, super, super short version of it because it's way too detailed. But um, yeah. no, he's my favorite character on the show. And then I got to meet him in real life. And it was really cool. Very, very nice person. That is Cray. And then you got to sleep with him. I Hey, that's speculation. Well, you said you had a fling. I'm speculating, but I'm going off what you said. <laughs> we had a lovely um, date. And it was just, it was a fun a fun evening that's amazing like imagine if most people could meet the famous people that they like and then go like, on a date with them yes crazy um yeah because you're in your mind you're like that person would never look at me that person would never acknowledge me you know what i mean but then you get in a situation like that and as a female i was like oh like he's just a man i just a man that just, just likes just, women just a guy that has a cool job. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, he's just a person and he's a, a guy that likes pretty girls and that's all there is to it. You get down to that like human being level of like, we're just two human beings that find each other very attractive and have a connection and have chemistry. And we're going to, we're going to run with that. And I was happy, happy, <laughs> happy to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, no yeah, definitely boosted my, uh, boosted my self-esteem through the roof after that one. So. Toddcast Podcast Entertainment Guest Visits are powered by Sacred Meds, the best cannabis and psilocybin dispensary in Canada. Available online at sacredmeds.com. Use promo code TODDCAST at checkout for 10% off everything in store.
Absolutely incredible vibe about it. It's a new song for the post-war. They released this about a week back now. It's called Avalon. If you like that one, dig into the rest of their catalog. They've been around in Vancouver scene for a while now. I would think about a decade, maybe more. And quite literally every song that they have put out is good. And they're a great live band as well. Maybe, maybe we'll be lucky. Maybe you'll, you'll see these guys playing a show to support some of this new music. That would be great. Wanted to say thanks to this week's guests before we wrap things up. Enough's enough, frontman. Chip's enough. Thank you so much for taking the time. Have wanted to shoot the shit with you for a while now. I'm looking forward to hearing all of the new music that you've got coming our way. Retired WWE wrestler Robbie McAllister of the Highlanders. Derek, great to chat with you as well. Talk about wrestling. And again, thanks to your brother, Chris for uh, dialing this one up and penthouse pet of the month september 2021 carolina white nice to connect with you as well appreciate you taking some time to join us and we're loving what you're doing on social media so keep it up and that's going to do it for this one episode 259 is in the box it's done we're wrapping it up putting a little bow on it here my name is todd hancock Thank you so much for listening all the way to the very end too. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends. If you didn't tell me, I'll fire everybody on staff, which would suck because it would be no more Toddcast. It's me. 
Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. You can comment and rate the podcast as well because that will help out with search results and getting other people to find us. Huge thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors. You can find links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can for as little as 10 bucks a day. That hasn't changed, by the way, since we launched in 2015. Just saying. There's contact info at the homepage. Maybe we'll talk soon. If you help us find a sponsor, we'll give you a commission based on the ad buy as well. Keep that in mind. If you own or run a business that understands outside-the-box advertising, give us a try. We get about 10,000 plays a month. It's not Joe Rogan numbers, but we'll take it. Till next week, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark ToddHancock.ca. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.